Welcome back, Hop Nation, to episode 156 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. I am your host, Adam, here to drink some beers. With me, of course, is Steve. Hello. Steve, are, are you well? Yeah. Okay. I know you don't have many many knobs and buttons to press. You don't have the soundboard in front of you. Uh, I got a lot of fucking buttons to press. Are you kidding me? You have no idea <laughs> what my... You have yeah, no idea what my setup is. Adam. <laughs> it's going to be pushing your buttons. That's right. Yeah. You have no idea <laughs> what my setup is. What that I am. But that other voice you hear is... Our, I, I believe this is the first time you've been on the podcast itself. Uh, but Tom Wagner. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tom is a friend of the show. Uh, we've had him on our TV show, Yin's Bruin, multiple times. Uh, he is one of the heads of the a little beer tasting group that we attend here in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he is uh, an all-around good guy and all-around hell of a brewer. So we are happy to have him here on the show. No, thanks for having Welcome. me. Thank Welcome. you. Uh, we are going to talk beers. And unfortunately, as is become tradition around here, we don't have the same beers uh, to share. So what we've done now is we've found our own beers. And we're going to talk about our own beers. So we're going to kind of go around the table, talk about what we're drinking. Uh, Tom, you are our guest. So uh, what are you drinking? All right. So let's see what we've got here. We've got uh, Mr. Tartacular. So there's a can there from uh, Alibi Brewing. It is their uh, Forbidden Fruit Three Sum, a sour ale with passion fruit, plums, and peaches. And for those of you who don't know, um, Alibi Brewing is out of uh, uh, Incline Village in Nevada. And more specifically, they're actually, if you're uh, in the Reno area and around Lake Tahoe, they're actually right in a uh, village at the north end of Lake Tahoe. Right on. So, yeah, so cool. how the heck did you get a hold of a, a beer from Nevada like that? Well... Surprisingly, um, the beer found me. Normally, it's the other way around, as you know, most go. Uh, I didn't know. I don't know anybody out there. Um, I was just uh, surfing the interwebs, and I, it just happened to pop up in a feed. Like, hey, we know you like breweries. We know you like beer. Here's a, a news feed for you. And it popped up, and I was like, huh. It kind of caught my eye, and and I started reading about it and digging into it. And it's like, well, you know, the shipping's not too insanely high and you know a lot of breweries are looking to move their product and it was a decent price so picked it up and got home one day after work and the wife said the delivery guy was real happy to drop this box off I like, well, i'm real happy that it's here <laughs> <laughs> sounds like everybody wins yep nice so uh steve what do you uh, what do you have in your glass for this episode so my glass actually comes by way of nikki the other half of the committee that heads up a little beer tasting yes it is the alien church by tired hands i had a hunch that was the one you're going to be having this episode yeah but uh we met up at creekside the uh you know the friday of the show mm -hmm. and we 
split a, we split a four pack of hole punch, but she also just gave me a tired hands because we'd given her some beer in the past. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking now. Pretty, nice. pretty good. As you can see on the video element, if you're watching on YouTube, that uh, as you should eh, you watch both, you know, listen and then watch. <laughs> we'll take all the numbers we can get exactly but uh, as you can see it pretty much just looks like pineapple juice because that's what it is mm-hmm. but it tastes like pineapple and uh grapefruit juice so nice. there you go <laughs> right on so for me i i have something from the northern parts of pennsylvania the log yard bucking birch uh this is a beer from log yard brewing out of cane pennsylvania which if you've never heard of Kane, I don't blame you. Uh, it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere, up towards the Allegheny National Forest. Uh, this is a beer that is brewed with birch, and this is considered a pale ale. So this is two weeks in a row that I'm actually having a pale ale-style beer, which is really weird. But I, uh, I have had this in the past, and I was on the lookout for it recently. And fortunately, I knew a guy, that guy being Steve, that was able to find it. Uh, he was able to pick me up a couple of cans, and now I get to enjoy it again. Uh, I, I really like this beer. I think this is a, a beer that is going to go on the, on the IPA list. I'll, I'll round up a little bit just to bluff up the IPA numbers, but I truly like this beer, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. I'm going to say you can't put that on the IPA list. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, one, it's not listed as an IPA. I know. Two, it absolutely does not taste like an IPA because no, I've had. Justin, that's why I want to put it on the list. I know, but you can't. <laughs> it has to at least have IPA in the label, and it doesn't. <laughs> it is a really good beer, though, because I, I had one as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is like if you've ever had IBC birch beer, yes. That, it, it tastes like exactly like that, but it has a little bit of a hoppiness and a little bit of maltiness to it, obviously. But. Yeah, it is surprisingly like interesting how that beer came out. Yes, and honestly, uh, in terms of numbers, it has eighty-one IBUs. Yeah, which it makes I, it makes sense. Like, there's a lot of herbal and floralness mm-hmm. to it, but like that birch is an overpowering flavor in that beer. And I am a okay with that. I think we need to have more birch beers in the world. Yeah, this is yeah. It's also like the first one I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So logyard setting trends. Yeah, but apparently, uh, I mean, as far as logyard goes, a lot of people are also like fawning over their misery whip, which is like an orange hazy IPA. Ah, so, that'd, be, that'd be more of a Sam situation then. Yeah, it'd be a Sam or a me. I'll, I mean, I'd try it, but yeah, yeah I, I when I picked up the Bucking Birch, I saw like every four pack available, mm-hmm. but obviously birch beer is the most unique of them. <laughs> but and you know, I had the, had the call out to go find it and you did. And I thank you publicly yeah. for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's such a good beer. I would be willing to try everything else by them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they have opened up the door to the rest of their catalog with this one. Ah, so I guess we should get into some news notes and neat if we have any. Uh, I've got one or two. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time focusing on homebrewing this episode. Okay. Since we have Tom. And Tom, I know you've been homebrewing. I don't have yeah. to ask. I just know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Tom a little bit about his home brewing that he's been doing during quarantine, but I wanted to bring up uh, a story first and we'll see, and we'll get Tom's thoughts on it as well. But uh, there's a brewery in Cleveland called Terrestrial Brewing. And uh, for those of you who don't know, May 2nd was National Homebrew Day. So I don't know. Did you actually participate on that day, Tom? Or No, no. I, I kind of go on my own schedule, but I do, you know, keep my ear to the ground and I'm aware, you know, of the National Homebrew Day. There's also, you know, a big brew where, you know, a lot of people get together for that and mm-hmm. other, you know, nationally recognized events. Mm-hmm. And we can talk a little bit about Big Brew uh, later on in the segment. But uh, back to the terrestrial. So May 2nd, they they did something that's completely different from every other brewery right now because right now a lot of breweries are in need and they're usually kind of taking donations. Terrestrial actually made a donation and that they brewed up six barrels of wort for free and oh. distributed it to 35 home brewers from the Society of Northeast Home Northeast Ohio Brewers aka snobs they donated <laughs> yeah they donated six barrels of unfinished wort to this homebrew club with the intention that everybody in the club finishes the wort in their own way in their own style and then they're hoping they can get back together sometime in July and they can share the final uh, outcomes of everybody's take on those beers. That sounds like a cool process. It really does. Uh, did they say what kind of wart style it was supposed to be? So, yeah, I, I reached out, I actually reached out to them on Facebook because the article I was reading didn't say, but the, it's basically a, a very basic malt that was made with caramel malt and brewers are encouraged to, if they want to you know, add a blend or add more grain to it, they can. So you know, it may come out that they get some pale ales. They may get some stouts out of it. Depends on how people want to take it. Awesome. And then, and then they're obviously encouraged to add, you know, fruits and hops and it, play with different yeasts and you're going to get a real different, you know, profile across the board. Um, the, the head brewer of terrestrial Ralph Segro, he is deciding that he wanted to give back. Cause I mean, he could have like charged people for the warp, but he didn't, he just gave it away for free. He could have decided not to do it because you know, a lot of breweries aren't giving shit away right now. <laughs> But no, he said, you know, he did it because like, he's basically giving back to a club that supported him because as we know, most, most breweries come from home brewers. You know, so he decided he wanted to give back to the club that supported him, you know, just to give people something to do during quarantine. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And honestly, I, th- I could see that as something becoming uh, a bit of a tradition or something that happens a, a lot more often, just to, just to kind of, especially if you go about it in terms of like a competition, you give everybody the same base, and then let's see what you can do with it. I could see that being a very interesting twist to a lot of homebrew competitions. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost, off. almost you know, uh, on a flip side, something very similar where you know you get a lot of homebrewers together, 
and say somebody gets a, a barrel in and they're, they brew on a smaller scale and they can't brew enough to fill a barrel. Well, you get enough buddies together and homebrew together, similar recipe. And it's, you know, everybody's tweaking it a little bit different, but it's all blended together and you can age it in a barrel together and fill it all up. And then, you know, see what kind of results of the blend after the barrel aging. Mm -hmm. And that's something that will be 100% unique. You can never replicate it, even if you wanted to. Yeah, pretty much that'd be really hard to do. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't even think it was meant to be intended to be like competition style though. No, either. no, no. I wouldn't they were just, so either. Yeah. They they were just kind of looking to come back in July and just have a party. And uh, yeah, but obviously, yeah, it could be adapted for a competition. It could be adapted to charity. It could be, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I think once uh, you know, businesses have resettled and you know, obviously this is like a year or two away, I guess, but you might see this out of other breweries, you know, in our area and across the country, just cause I do think that's a really fun idea for home brewers and a way to engage home brewers with, you know, big name breweries. Mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of levels the playing field as well when it comes to home brewers as well. I think that kind of takes some of the, it takes some of the equipment out that uh, some people might have different levels of equipment. I think that's a good idea. I hope it works. There's still plenty of ways for them to screw it up. <laughs> True. Don't I take that away from find it. <laughs> there are still plenty of ways to screw it up, but yeah, oh, yes. somebody, somebody who doesn't necessarily have all the equipment could just still take home some work, you know, and actually play around with it and just do some dry hopping or do some, you know, mm-hmm. fruit adjuncts. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I, we'll have to keep track of that, see how that goes. Revisit it in July. Yeah, be, yeah. Hopefully, they can get back together and you know, just share share their beers. But mm-hmm. uh, I just thought that was a cool story, and we'll talk a little bit more about another story. But I wanted to ask Tom what his home brewing's been up to because home brewing is absolutely on the rise. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Big Brew. And Big Brew is usually just the day for everybody to come together. And it usually happens on National Home Brew Day. And it happened May 2nd again this year. Uh, this year, there were 5,000 people who participated from 77 countries. And they brewed a total of 31,000, like over 31,000 gallons of beer. So... To put that in perspective, the previous record for that was 2016, and they only brewed 11,000-plus gallons of beer. Oh, my. Smash the record. (laughs) Yeah. And the kind of the thought behind that is uh, there's been a downtrend in home brewing because we've had a glut of breweries opened for us. But now that we're kind of in an economic downturn and you have a lot of people who just have time at home, well, obviously, it's cheaper to brew your own and you can do that because you have the time. And so now you just have this explosion of home brewing right now that a lot of people aren't completely aware of, but more people are being, you know, made aware of. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. so Tom, I mean, how many have you been up to? <laughs> Um, I've been up to a few. I'm uh, trying to juggle the timing of the uh, delayed uh, North Hills Homebrew Fest competition, which is rescheduled for August. So I had ingredients um, originally on hand for the competition during 
you know, that got basically shut down due to the quarantine. So I didn't want those ingredients to go to waste. So I decided to go ahead and just make the beer and see how it turns out because they'll both be great beers to have around the house for, you know, summertime drinking. So uh, the two beers that I was going to bring to the competition, um, I did tweak a little bit because they weren't, weren't going to be competition beers anymore. They're just going to be around the house beers. So uh, first one was uh, an orange wheat. It's one that I've made uh, years ago. So it's basically uh, a nice, simple uh, wheat beer recipe. And then what I do when I ferment it, I actually zest, you know, like uh, two to three large oranges. And at the peak uh, fermentation, I'll throw the orange zest in with it. And so it adds that nice, you know, orange flavor. So think of like a blue moon with an orange peel, but without having to add the orange to it, it's already in your glass kind of thing. So you know, good, you know, campfire, nice, you know, sunset evening type of beer after, you know, hard day worth of work. Uh, then the other one is, you know, uh, opposite end of the spectrum. It's a uh, cherry smoked uh, porter. Ooh. Found some cherry smoked malt. And normally I do peat smoked malt, but I decided to switch it up and try the cherry smoked malt. And originally for the competition, it was going to be a chocolate habanero smoked porter, which is another one of my staple go-to recipes that I've tried a long time ago. But I decided to switch it up with the cherry smoked malt, dump the habaneros out. But so it's a, basically a cherry smoked porter. And I do still have, you know, the cocoa nibs in there. So those are uh, pretty much almost done fermenting at this point. I'll probably keg them up this weekend and start carbonating them. So they'll be good, good to go. And then, you know, uh, I assume the competition is going to happen in August. And so it's being, you know, coming up on June right now. I got to start, you know, ordering up my ingredients again. And then, you know, probably at, at the end of June, get brewing again for the competition. And if it doesn't go through, well, then I'll tweak it again and have some more beers around the house. <laughs> but when I was yeah. going to make the beer, uh, a good friend from a beer tasting group, which you guys know, uh, Rob, Christine's husband, he decided, as, as you were saying there, Steve, you know, a lot of people at home, you know, time on their hands, you know, getting into home brewing again during the quarantine, he decided to uh, make some beer again. So he called me up and he's like, well, the yeast in this, in this thing that I've got is, you know, a little out, out, of, out of date. And, you know, is there, can I use it or what, do I, what am I supposed to do? And he called me up and I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm getting ready to make some starters with some liquid yeast for my beers. You know, I can cut you a portion of my starter and I'll just, you know, make, make a little bit. So sure enough, I uh, made a little bit extra starter, cut them a portion. We did the old mailbox swap for, you know, the social distancing during quarantine and, you know, hopefully his beer, his beers come out good. That's, That's cool. fantastic. Uh, just jumping back a second. Where did you find the uh, cherry smoked mold at? Uh, so normally what I try and do is I'm a big advocate for, you know, uh, local homebrew supply stores. Cause you know, online there, you know, you can get anything any day now. So I try and support the local shops when I can, which is, uh, the South Hills brew supply out in green tree or the, the country wines, depending on where I'm headed around town. So I know that they were shut down for a little while during the quarantine, but they now do, you know, you can, you know, order for pickup and, you know, they've gotten their, their uh, system up and going now. But so at the time, my alternative, what I normally go through when I can't, you know, get to the local homebrew supply stores is I go to uh, Adventures in Homebrewing. They're not, you know, 
uh, a very, very large, you know, organization, but they're large enough and they're, you know, uh, based out of Michigan. They got a couple of stores up there. So shipping, pro- shipping times are like, you know, Amazon straight to the door from the beer world. So nothing to, you know, complain. They're always great service, you know, great people. I went to the shop once when I was out on a, a work trip one time, but great, great place to order from. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I was wondering if you'd gotten it from South Hills or if you'd gotten it from like CNC or yeah, this, yeah. this one was a mix of both. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I got one more homebrew story. It's kind of interesting, maybe interesting to you, Tom. I don't know. Uh, it's the, we, we've been talking about how a lot of conventions have gone online and well, homebrew con is coming up and it is also online now. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously. Was uh, that the so, one that was supposed to be in Rhode Island this year? Mm, mm-hmm. I don't think this year. Was it this year or last year that was in mm. Rhode Island? They already had Maryland, right? So was this one? I can't remember. It. I thought. It, I don't think it was Maryland. I mm. think okay. Well, regardless, it's regardless, not there anyways. Yeah, it's not there anyways. <laughs> Next year, it is supposed to be San Diego. <laughs> but uh, this year, to come to Pittsburgh at, in at some point, you know, in a few years here, I think. It might. We might. We might get the twenty twenty two bid. Yeah, that'd be nice. I've always wanted to go and just never really worked out. Mm-hmm. Me too, just because it's, it, you know, like getting getting the taste home brews from around the country would be pretty freaking awesome. Right. Especially, you know, homebrew club night, you know, that that's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. an insane event, you know, from what I've read and seen. For sure. I'd even settle for Cleveland or Buffalo. You know, yeah. I can make that trip. Those are drivable, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, at least on the way up. Yeah. Uh, you, you need the weekend. <laughs> yeah, the, the week the way back is going to need a hotel room first. Well, late checkout on a Monday. <laughs> oh yes, um, but yeah, the, the this year though it is online. But uh, June eighteenth to the twentieth, they're holding about twenty seminars, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to check into a Zoom meeting basically, and you know learn from experts like actual brewery owners or just experts in home brewing. Um, they have like a lot of things that I did read a couple of the seminars and they were actually kind of cool cause they're not tools that Adam and I have in our bag. I don't know about you, Tom, but like they have a mead, uh, they have a mead seminar. They have one on just Quebec yeast and making mm-hmm. Quebec beers. They have yeast blending. Uh, they have a, how to brew non-alcoholic beers. So that's, you know, a lot of stuff that's not in our bag, but so I could learn from this if I wanted to. <laughs> um, there's, there's always, you know, in years past, I've always, you know, looked at the seminars and, you know, wanted to go. Maryland one was, you know, one that I was on my radar because it's not that far. Um, I got family out in Oregon, so they had the one in uh, Portland. And mm-hmm. so that was, you know, on my radar too, but, you know, it didn't work out. But, you know, reading through the seminars, there's, you figure, okay, it's going to be the, the same old, you know, uh, pr- professional brewers, their, their, you know, technical bag of tricks that they're, you know, sharing or, you know, things that are above and beyond the scales that we're normal, normally used to as a home brewer. But no, there's something for everybody uh, out of the various seminars, even some of the professional brewer ones. There's, 
tips and tricks with things that they're doing that you can apply on, on your own homebrew scale. So there's, like I said, there's something for everybody in those. Yeah, there really is. And uh, if you're already an uh, AHA member, it's only $99. So like we talked about the, uh, the city brew tour is where it was like a three hour seminar, but you did get ingredients to brew a beer, but it was like same price. Mm -hmm. But this, you get 20 seminars. You can revisit them anytime. And you, every intent attendee gets entered for prizes. Yeah. So you might yep. win a prize at the end of the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so go get your, your home brewers association, your AHA membership. Oh, card. like clockwork <laughs> right there. I love it. And uh, <laughs> you can also, what you get as part of the membership, which, you know, I, some of my neighbors, you know, that are uh, home brewers, they've signed up and, you know, I, I talk about it whenever I can because the online resources at your fingertips for learning about the brewing process, just being a member is just, you know, vast and immense and huge. In addition to that, there's, they also, as being a member, when you go to any brew pub or brewery or a restaurant that serves, you know, craft beer, in addition to their normal, you know, uh, uh, routine, you know, restaurant style servings that there are some that participate in the AHA community and they will recognize you as a member and you get maybe 10, maybe 15 or 20% off of your bill just for dining at that establishment. If you, if you show your membership card, I know there's plenty of places around the Pennsylvania area that do that. Um, the last one I used that was, uh, uh, BJ's up, up North here, uh, North Pittsburgh. And, you know, what you can do is you can get their mobile app and on their mobile app, you can actually look and see which restaurants participate in recognizing you as a member and will give you a discount off their bill. So there's all kinds of perks being a member. Also being a member, um, you get their monthly or, or bi-monthly, I forget what it is, to, uh, subscription to their Zymergy magazine. And it's chock full of all kinds of useful uh, brewing-related uh, information, advertisements from people that sell homebrew equipment and otherwise. So, there, like I said, there's all kinds of perks from being a member. So, I got my card. I'm a member. I've been a member <laughs> 10 awesome. years, I think. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah, like I was saying, you get, like, if you're a member, it's $99 for members. And if you're a non-member, it's 139 But you get a year membership with that. Mm it's like five bucks off what you would normally pay for a membership. And if you time your membership renewals just right, they do a lot of offerings where you can get free homebrewing books, maybe some, mm -hmm. uh, some free hops or, you know, uh, some sort of swag, depending on how you time your re renewal. And I think, nice. it's, what is it, Steve? Almost like a thousand dollars and then you're a life member at that point. Uh, it's probably something like that. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't looked into it that far. 10 years ago, I should pro probably should have paid that. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my, I, as a member of other clubs, it's usually like, if you just throw them a thousand dollars, they're like, yeah, you're in for life. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Tom was saying, like you get access to all kinds of crazy stuff, including like a brewing app for your phone. And like you get access to all kinds of recipes, which in a post brew toad world, is probably really helpful. So, yeah. yes. Uh, Steve, back to the convention. Was there any word on what they're going to do, if they're going to do anything on the, the homebrew competition? I may have missed that earlier. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any kind of competition going on. Um, they, they're 
is like some sort of award ceremony to go with the prizes, but I think these are other awards, not necessarily gotcha. like, you know, good beer awards. It's just like uh, probably uh, pe- members of the community that are worth recognizing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, otherwise it's a lot of, uh, you can get expos of like new products coming out, seminars for learning. And then they're also doing some meetups for like in like specific meetups so like there's a mead makers meetup a meetup yeah <laughs> i didn't want to say it but <laughs> i did i'll flip that softball for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you but yeah it, it was yeah it, so you can meet up with people from you, you're not necessarily restrained to a seminar you can just talk with people who do the same thing as you mm-hmm. so yeah nice nice So I got one little thing uh, that I think is going to tie in nicely with our next segment. Uh, Once we are done with our Bruce Brothers viewing, because we're down to one episode next week. So we're going to need something on our streaming services to tie into. Okay. And fortunately for us, uh, we can flip off of Netflix and we can flip over to Amazon where Porton, Pennsylvania uh, is going to start their their Amazon series, June 1st. It's a docu-series. Just uh, in time. <laughs> just in time, and thank you for that, because that is something I can actually look forward to. <laughs> but uh, Port in Pennsylvania was a documentary that came out, I think it was about 18 months ago, uh, documenting the craft beer scene here in Pennsylvania. And they have since expanded to a, uh, a streaming series on Amazon. Uh, their first five episodes will be available June 1st. Gotta be, it's got to be better than Bruce Brothers. Well, of course it will be because we're not going <laughs> to you know, be making dick and fart pee-pee poop jokes. Right. It's, it's, and a, if do- there it's is, a documentary to... Right. If there is you know, a pee joke, I'm sure there's context to it some way, somehow. Yeah. I'm but guessing I doubt that's going to happen a, in the first place. Probably had a similar expectation going into Brew Brothers as I did, and then it took a different turn. <laughs> 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 It was not a good turn. I can guarantee it. (laughs) Well, before we get into Brews Brothers, let's close out the segment by revisiting every beer that everybody's drinking tonight. And let's start with Tom. How's how's the beer treating you? Is it? It's it's not too bad. You know, I'm not a big uh, sour person, and so you know the the pucker factor is can be very off putting for me because it's still I'm still you know learning my threshold, but it's, it's right there at the cusp. It's like, uh, just like mix a Jolly Rancher with a warhead. So it's diluted out just enough. And you know, the peaches and the plums are, are well balanced. And so it's, it's a, it's a great beer. It's hitting the spot right now. Nice. Just out of curiosity, what was the ABV on that? Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, it wasn't that, that much. So, uh, 5%. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good, solid, you know, good beer. I'm glad glad it showed up on the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, how about you? How's your uh, your alien church treating you? The old alien church is treating me well. It is, uh, and I didn't say what my ABV was, but it is seven percent. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's fine. It, it, I the one little complaint I have because it is a very well-made IPA, but the one little complaint I had was there's a lot of shit that came out of the bottom of the can. Did you roll it first? 
I did, I did not because I didn't know I had to roll it. it, was, it was the first you know one you're ever. supposed to store it upside down. Isn't that the that the thing? <laughs> no, I don't know any of this because I've never had Alien Church before. So <laughs> this is this is just as much on Nikki for not telling me proper storage <laughs> and opening process. <laughs> no, there was there was for a while online of you guys. Uh, they ha- I haven't seen them post in a long time on uh, some of the sites that I follow, but for a while, a lot of people with the, uh, the hazy IPAs, there, a lot of the posts were uh, storing the beer in the fridge upside down. And it hmm. was because they wanted all of that stuff out of the bottom of the can <laughs> when they drank it. And it was the way to get it, store it upside down. So you open it and it, it's the first thing to come out. But I haven't seen posts like that in a while. And yeah. I'm kind of a mixed bag when it comes to that. If it's a heavily fruited, you know, uh, beer, be it IPA or otherwise, you know, I don't mind all that stuff because, you know, it's it's part of the fruit pulp and everything else from the process. But if it's not a heavily fruited beer and it it's probably shouldn't be in there, then when I see it, yeah, it's a little off-putting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind if it's incorporated. It's just when you hit the bottom of the can and like you get the dregs, right? You're expecting beer, but you get sludge, and that's a bummer. But I know the Bucking Birch doesn't have sludge. So Adam, why don't you go ahead and? This is a good, clean beer. Five and a half percent ABV. uh, Just to round that out nicely. Uh, Good beer. I still like it. I'm glad I have another one in the fridge. Uh, Yeah, good beer. Good job, Log Yard. I'm going to have to try some more of your beers. Same. That's it. Yeah. And Tom, we suggest it to you as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to be certainly on the lookout. It sounds interesting. I'm intrigued. Fortunately here in Pittsburgh, their, their distribution is, is pretty wide. So it should be fairly easy to get except for this, this fucking birch. That was a pain in a butt. Bucking birch. I found at cranberry giant Eagle. There you go. So try your best. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll be back with segment two and we'll get in the bruise brothers and oh boy yeah. oh boy god <laughs> damn it i hate this show <laughs> we'll be, we'll be back, back. <laughs> we'll be back first sip brew box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in pittsburgh every month first sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials including t-shirts glassware and even food Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. A segment that nobody wants to do, but we have to do it. <laughs> we, we've committed to our, We've committed ourselves to doing it. We're going to see it through. Committed is definitely a term to use. <laughs> I say speak for yourself, Adam. This just means beer number two. Ah, thank goodness. We're going to need it to get through this one. Yeah, look for the positive. That's right. There's always a silver lining. Or sometimes a cappuccino stout lining instead. Uh, but yeah, it's time to talk brews, brothers, unfortunately. Uh, do you guys have a new beer uh, ready to go? Yes. Excellent. Yep. Uh, Steve, Tom, uh, Steve, what do you got going on? You didn't get to go through this last time, but you did have that. <laughs> I did because it made me gassy. Uh, what I'm drinking this time is the Twilight Hollow by Four Points. Mm. Yes, it is a 
percent raspberry stout. It I want to try that. Uh, yeah, it is big. It is a lot. There's a <laughs> lot, a lot, a lot going on with this beer, and it makes me happy. And despite it being 90 plus degrees in Pittsburgh this week, <laughs> all weather is stout mm. weather. <laughs> yes. That sounds like the kind of beer that you need to set aside a block of time. No distractions, nothing else going on. Just sit and enjoy it. Yeah, well, thankfully, I have more in the fridge, but uh, <laughs> I can tell you straight up, this has like a huge amount of raspberry flavor on it. So even though we're talking stouts in summer months, it is refreshing in a way because it's very fruity. Hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I admittedly have one in my fridge as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, I would. Yeah. 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 Uh, what are you drinking now, though? Well, I, well, I'm still working on my log yard, but I have a backup ready to go, which I'm probably going to get into. Uh, from the good people of Noble Stein, the Hold the Foam Cappuccino Stout. I, I've been kind of looking forward to this one. 8.3% ABV. Uh, it's a cappuccino stout. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, it's a uh, collaboration with Commonplace Coffee and Noble Stein. So I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a good one. Okay, maybe we'll take a break mid-segment and check in with yes. how good that beer is. Yes. Tom, what are you drinking? So I just cracked the uh, find it here. I'm bringing it local this time. So moving from Nevada, we're headed to Lawrenceville. Uh, this one's from uh, Cinderland's uh, Brewing Company. It's their uh, Pancake Galaxy Blueberry Tart Shake IPA. It's a Ooh. mouthful. Oh. Um, it's got a real nice, uh, deep, dark, purple color to it Ooh, there. nice it's a uh, it's got blueberry maple syrup brown sugar cinnamon uh vanilla beans and uh milk sugar or lactose and i have to say it's like a blueberry pancake in your mouth and i'm enjoying it right now i say all of those things makes it sound like it's not really an ipa like at all yeah it's it's definitely mellow as far as you know any hops go mm -hmm. uh you know, it's, it's more like, a, I want to say if you, if you take a hazy IPA and lower the hop amount and dump in a whole bunch of fruit, you nailed it right there. So fix it is it. what I'm hearing. Yep. That sounds really good. You would have to go yeah. find it. Find the, I believe Creekside had some. Well, I got to go re-up on beer anyways. And it's nice out, so I could take a little bit of a drive to go to Creekside. Yeah. Go check, go check with them, although I can't guarantee that beer would still be there. That's true. But I'm sure they have other good stuff. Yes. So if, even if they don't have it, I'm sure I can find something else. Yeah, if you go to – so this one was picked up actually at Market District in uh, Robinson. Oh. And I believe uh, – I don't know if the shipment dates have changed during quarantine, but – Usually I'd get a text message from the wife at work either on Tuesdays or Thursdays around the time when, you know, the beer distributor shows up and, mm -hmm. or, you know, hitting them up, stocking the shelves. And my wife's like, hey, they're just throwing this stuff on the shelf. Do you want me to pick some up? <laughs> I have one of those. I have one of those. 
Tom's got his inside job going and that's mm-hmm. bull. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of, you got to sweet talk the people that work there. Like, so, so when does the beer get dropped? Off? <laughs> <laughs> Start getting so, some Ocean's Eleven stuff here. Yeah. If, if you know real well, sometimes they, they might hold one off in the back for you. So, you, so yeah. them, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's at least one back there. Well, uh, I mean, it, our co-host, you know, our occasional co-host, Sam, used to work for Giant Eagle. So he for sure was taking advantage of that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I assume some... he still knows a guy that knows a guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's not going to let those contacts go away. So that's just one more layer for us to get to all the good stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, if he really needs it, he can get it, but. Yep. Can we keep talking about this instead of talking about Bruce Brothers? I was going to oh, yeah, say, sure. <laughs> I was going to say, since we're all drinking Pittsburgh local, we might as well just you know talk about Port and PA on Amazon more. <laughs> I would be all about that. I think that's a good uh, follow-up series to watch. We we haven't we haven't uh, seen an episode yet though, so <laughs> that's okay. It has to be better. Yeah, it has to be. So I also I want to I want to start this week with something that ties into last week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you listened last week, Tom, but we were going through, and this was actually very specific to YouTube. So don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Um, but we, I have you know visual aids to help us go through these goddamn episodes. And <laughs> last week... It's a good I, thing you're not in marketing, Steve. Right. <laughs> Well, I'm not trying to market the show. <laughs> Nor should you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but while we're going through it, you know, I brought up this image that you can see on YouTube right now. And it featured the list of beers in the background. And Adam, keen eye Adam, <laughs> he, he saw that one of the beers is named Vice Power, to which we all groaned and were also somewhat shocked. But yeah, there's a beer on the board called White Power. If you know German, Weiss is white, but it's also used in conjunction with uh, wheat ales because it's white ales. So yeah, Adam pointed that out. And then unbeknownst to us, because we only watch one episode a week because it's all we can stomach. Because we have to. Yeah. (laughs) This week was all about that White Power Ale. Yeah, didn't didn't see that coming, but I, I I have to give them credit of having the forethought of having having that little Easter egg in there that it was already on tap, already on on the board before episode seven came along. It's so strange with this show that they do set up through lines that do pay off, but then they also and we'll get into it a little bit later, but they also just write things that like don't make any sense and then go away. Mm-hmm. And, it's yeah, like, and th- it's, this one is such a subtle one. If, yeah. if we didn't have the still up and I was looking at this picture for two minutes, I wouldn't have noticed it. Nobody would have noticed it. Yeah. At all. <laughs> so credit where credit is due. That was, so, that was nicely played. It makes me feel like there's like one competent person on set <laughs> and then there's a bunch of other incompetent people. <laughs> yeah, because when you see the rest of the episode, the, the one person with the one good idea, everyone else contributes their ideas and just smother the rest of anything good. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. 
But I so, do I do find, you know, certain, like you said, little tidbits or little, you know, quirks here and there, you know, you, you, you can at least appreciate those, those little, you know, opportunities in there. And, and I really enjoyed the, you know, the, the fact of you just can't name a beer to save his life kind of, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> thing, which is entertaining, you know, <laughs> beers, you know, when you get down to it, after you've named a whole bunch, it's like, you know, how do you keep naming these things creatively and, you know, keep going and, and pushing through, you know, even breweries nowadays, you know, face that. Right. Everybody's trying to come up with some sort of clever name or a pun or something like that. And eventually we're just, we're well, just I mean, going to run out. You've got to now hire artistic talent to do all your can art now too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As well, you should. Yes. <laughs> Coming from the graphic designer of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hire Steve for your can art. Yes. That's uh, right. Email us at hobnationusa at gmail.com for direct access to Steve and his talents. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, to that though, the how so yeah naming beers is hard but naming a beer white power you have to know that is so 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 not okay right and the, and so the whole episode again we we sort of alluded to it but the recap of the episode is uh this girl comes into the brewery and she starts drinking the white power beer and hits it off with Wilhelm and she invites her uncle's motorcycle club to come enjoy beer at the bar. And it's pretty obvious, but you know, the motorcycle club is a white nationalist motorcycle club and they're drinking there because there's a white power beer. And that's what the episode is centered around. That's your premise. That's your half hour. Yeah. That's your premise. White power has come to the brewery because somehow brewers don't know to not name a beer white power. And I can only, I can only assume that that's tap only and no canning or bottling because there's no way a regulation board would let that fly. But, but you know what that had in the episode, they did have bottling in the episode. Yeah. Bottles. Yeah. Cause Chewy of of the vice power. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah, because Chewy sneezes. We don't know if there's distribution of the bottles, but they were bottled for sure. Ah, you are correct. Yeah, because at one point, the Chewy sneezes into a bottle of the Vice Power before serving it. Like he blows a snot rocket in the bottle before serving it to one of the motorcycle gang members. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you yeah. see that that shows how much how much I'm invested in this show. I know, <laughs> but yeah, it it shouldn't pass muster on that one. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it goes back to the last episode where we talked about the guy in the wheelchair who worked at the canning distribution facility. Not How knowing, have you never heard of a Belgian quad? Right. How have you never heard of a Belgian quad working at a canning facility in the beer industry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did learn one thing from this episode. I, I have to give them props on this one. Okay. I found out that Utz chips are available in California. Oh, Okay. <laughs> there's a, a box of Utz chips in the background. And I, there is no way in hell that Utz is available out in California. So I, I Googled it because that's what you do when you're watching this show to try to not watch it. And yeah, apparently they, uh, they uh, distribute out there since like 2011, 2012. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. They bought a, uh, a potato chip company out there, rebranded it 
as Utziz. <laughs> and so they can get it because I was I was gonna I was on attack mode at that point. Like, ooh, I got him on this one. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. I, I did my research first. See, I don't. I don't. It's kind of funny that you think you had them on the ropes on that one because <laughs> you know it's filmed in California in a California brewery. They really ship chips from Maryland just for this dumbass show. <laughs> I've seen dumber things happen. Because of that guy, Adam, we have to do it. That's right. <laughs> we're going to get somebody with an anachronism. Because so, nobody's watching anything else. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, paint sounds pretty good right about now, watching that dry. Right. Yeah. Uh, this, I, this episode is so, like, and I, I kind of actually called it last week as well, because after you had mentioned about the vice power, I had said, well, this show has nowhere else to go as far as quote-unquote edgy humor, but to do racism. Here we are. And here we are. They tried to do racism, and, it like, it wasn't even... I don't know. There was nothing like shocking about it, but there was nothing, I don't know, interesting or funny or it just, uh, it was so bland and I don't know what to say. It just, it sucked. It sucked. The, the one thing that was different on this one was for the first time ever, I didn't find Adam to be just an absolute, just awful person. This okay, is the first. Yeah. The first episode where he actually showed some level of humanity. Yes, because he came out against racists. <laughs> it's a start. It's a layup. He stood up for Chewie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he tried to educate him. Right. Yeah. He's, he stood up for Chewie and that was a layup, but that was good for him. You know, they, yes, Adam was not the most insufferable person this episode. <laughs> yes. It, it's a, it's a win. I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, it, the one thing that stood out to me is just how no sense this episode made because they got into the relationship between Wilhelm and the woman that came into the brewery Mm -hmm. and they wind up hooking up. I assume they don't like, they don't finish that arc. Yeah. Because died on the vine a little bit. Yeah. Like, she literally, like, after she confesses that she dabbles in white power <laughs> to a Wilhelm while they're in the... You say in that sentence last week, did you? Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> not super. <laughs> right. Not super surprised anymore. Nah. But uh, after she confesses that, while they're in the middle of hooking up, she, like, she just doesn't... Disappears and has no other lines. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no tension or tor- turmoil between her and Wilhelm for him breaking it off. All she was was a distraction. Right, because they, they make it very clear that Wilhelm is like has not hooked up in a while. He has not had sex with a woman in a while. And this woman is, you know, uh, attractive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it you feel like there should be a storyline where like he has to make a decision between a hot girl and you know being a white nationalist right like there's there's kind of comedy in that of like you know how hot it, it goes back to like the uh the how i met your mother hot versus crazy oh there's a throwback yeah there's a comedian that made an actual graph of that too mm-hmm. right 
so like yeah the, there's there's that's already kind of been set as a precedent so the precedent of hot versus racist is you know something they could have explored but they just totally didn't they just dropped it mm-hmm. so how how did this woman get introduced in the first place i might have been going down my uts trail at that point i she How, just walks into the bar. She just walks in and then just through no communication that we see her her uncle and and friends get called down there. Yeah, it, it, it's just kind of a process of like she comes into the brewery because she's been enjoying the Vice Power beer. Mm-hmm. And then because Wilhelm makes it known that he is a fan of Germany. Yes. Which she takes his code like Wilhelm is a fan of German brewing, but the switcheroo, the oopsie doozle, the misunderstanding is that, you know, he, he's a fan of German thinking from the thirties. Right. Okay. And yeah, the biker gang comes in because they're the uncle of her. And when they come in, they, they mention that she's been talking about the brewery to them. And so they want to come check it out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't completely. I mean, I I understood there was the connection there, but I wasn't entirely sure how they got pulled into the situation. I, I really wasn't that invested. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm yeah. Still it, fighting, fighting uts. Right. But it, it just wasn't much to be invested in. Just because no. yeah, I don't know. It wasn't. I don't know. The only thing that I found sort of funny about this episode was and it was just like a stupid throwaway joke but it was the the arm tattoo yeah uh, yes which was basically like you know the, oh no the, you spent time making this yeah well <laughs> oh no <laughs> but it was a throwback to the simpsons um yeah the simpsons treehouse of horrors gag Ah, yes. Where they're blowing the dust off the, the book, To Serve cooking Man. Cooking for humans. Yeah, To Serve Man, Cooking for Humans, Cooking Humans. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a somewhat amusing joke where, you know, they go, oh, is that, a, is that a swastika under his sleeve? No, it's just a stick figure. Oh, it's a stick figure holding a swastika flag. I, yeah. I, I, I thought that was kind of amusing, and that was about it. Yeah, that's the list. Yeah, that was the list. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I absolutely hated about this episode was the complete nonsense game that they invented. <sighs> I, yeah. What, what what was the name? Crockenball or something like that? Yeah, Crockball. Crockball. Yeah. yeah. It, what was the? I, I didn't quite understand why they were trying to portray Belgium. As a as a backwards early '90s Russia, right? I didn't understand that. Neither did I. <laughs> and there was no sense or rhyme or reason to that game at all. No, no. It, right. it seems like hey, something we, that a bunch we, of eight year olds would come up with when they're they're bored. It's like you're probably sitting around the table. Hey, we've only written 15 minutes. We got another 15 <laughs> minutes to fill. What are we gonna do? <laughs> oh crap! We need filler. <laughs> Right. And if you're going to like make a game that's centered around Belgium that a brewer would attach himself to, you would think it would be a drinking game. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you would think a drinking game is because 
the the end of this episode is they play this stupid made up eight year olds game to beat the white power supremacists and Aren't make there them darts in the brewery. Yeah, there's darts in the brewery. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, plenty of so other games. That would be the most logical. <laughs> right. There, there's darts in the brewery. They're even playing cornhole <laughs> at one point <laughs> in the episode. But yeah, that there's true. Yeah, cornhole. Yeah, there's all these other episodes. There was other, a reference to the biker gang on that. Mm-hmm. Right. There's all these other games they could be playing, but like they they just default to this stupid ass eight year olds game that's not like a drinking game. You would think a drinking game is something they could play to triumph over the white power supremacists because they're all alcoholics. That's right. the way always Sonny would play the game. Is that they can just drink more than anybody and give people liver poisoning and make them not want to return. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the one question that I had was, where did the ball come from? Oh, who knows? Who fucking cares? <laughs> this is all of a sudden, oh, by the way, here we got this regulation ball. Yeah, it wasn't, it, like, it wasn't even introduced when they were introducing the game. Like, mm-hmm. Wilhelm wasn't, like, proud of a ball he brought back. Right. You figure that would have been part of the, you know, stuff that he's showing. Yeah. Or his German, Belgium, whatever, heritage angle. Yeah. It, and again, that just shows how much of a failing like this show is compared to like Always Sunny because Always Sunny has two episodes about a game they made up called Charlie McDennis, mm-hmm. you know, and those episodes are completely hilarious. And it's about this ridiculous game they use to psychologically torture each other. <laughs> and it's hilarious, but like this is the best thing they could come up with for a brewery to play. That's not a drinking game. Yeah. That's not like Come it's on. not anything. <laughs> Come on. I I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you only have one more week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, two more weeks because we'll do a wrap up of the series, but you yeah, only have wrap to watch up is fine. Yeah, I'll you do have to watch that. one more episode. Just do what I I did, Adam. Rip it off like a band-aid, get it all done in one swoop. I was gonna ask, did you just binge it or have you been kind of keeping up? Just once a week or every couple of days, or how no, did you? No, I I pretty much just binged it because after the f- the first episode, it was pretty obvious, you know, <laughs> what was going to happen versus my expectation. So, like I said, ripped it off like a band aid, got through it, and you know, um, when Steve mentioned to me, you know, hey, we're going to talk about you know one of the episodes, I literally is. You know, I wiped a lot of it from my memory, so I <laughs> had to go through and, and, and speed track through. And okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> so you you have you have already watched the series to completion. Yeah. Well, was there any bright Done. spot? I I feel for your for your pain. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> was there any bright spot in the uh, episode with you, like, or in the season for you? Uh, well. The only bright spot, the the only, I guess, episode I can say that I actually did enjoy um, was the the uh, the beer tasting, you know, talking about the beers, the, the competition of describing beers where, you know, uh, Wilhelm couldn't get up there. So they had the monk, you know, fill in and, you know, it started off, you know, very, very simple how you'd expect it to go and then it 
became more of a competition of selling a beer that nobody's going to, you know, drink and, and how eloquently you can describe a beer through words. I, I really enjoyed that part. That, that was, that was the part that I enjoyed the most out of any of any of the episodes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting to hear what if anybody takes away any positives from this. <laughs> yeah, because I know that you know, I've gone through some uh, a couple of online you know courses for for free of you know especially when I was starting out as a home brewer of you know I really like a beer but how do I uh, describe that in words? So it was really about learning vocabulary and how you process and work through describing a beer like basically you pick it up and before you sip it it's like okay you know is it you know effervescent you know is it bubbly well how are the bubbles are they big are they small are they fine do they clean to the glass do you get lacing you know what's the color of it what how does it smell do you smell malt do you smell hops you know is you know that goes along with, you know, the, the style of beer that it should be, you know, kind of like you were asking Adam, like, huh, if it's an IPA, you know, it doesn't sound, sound or, you know, t- from your description as a taste, taste shouldn't be IPA, you know. So along those lines, you know, really opening up, learning the vocabulary that kind of goes along with it. And then when you taste it, it's okay, what do you taste up front immediately? What lingers on the back end? And how to describe and associate vocabulary or words to these things that, you just don't normally talk about or aren't in your, your wheelhouse of how you would describe a beer. So going through that process as, as a brewer and wanting to say, okay, I have all these feelings about this beer, but now how do I vocalize it to somebody else around me? How do I sell them on the beer or how do I describe it to them? So going through that process is probably why I really connected with that episode a little bit more on, on, and I found it funny in the way that they progressed through describing the beers, starting out very simple, the usual, and then going to these just outlandish, you know, having a thesaurus at your side and essentially to describe, you know, these beers and these, these terms that'll make you, you know, be transported to, you know, another land of, oh, that's where I'll be when I drink this beer, you know, kind of, kind of mentality. So I appreciated that episode for that. Yeah, and, and in a way that it was pretty. It can be accurate because you can find that really super flower, like flowery language on Untapped. Yeah. When brewers input their own beer on there, it's like you should be getting you know these high notes of ruby red grapefruit with low notes of uh, pine in the background, and yeah. you know you yeah. So yeah, and, yeah, and part of part of the the training for one of the courses was okay. You you have like one of the exercises we did was you you had a bunch of pale ales, and it didn't have to be the pale ales that they had because you know this was people from all over the country. So people had beers from you know the West Coast, people had beers from the East Coast, but we're all you know working through these beers together, and you have your list of you know uh, vocabulary, and you're going through, and and you're. Uh, having these beers and as you go through and and you have them, it's like, huh, well, how do I really know if I'm getting mango? How do I really know if I'm getting this? So one of the exercises we did one week was you literally got those fruits from the store and you put them in cups and you, you looked at them, you smelled them while you can look at them, you tasted them, and then you put a blindfold on and you do the exact same. And it's amazingly 
how different it is when you put a blindfold on, at how it changes your taste perception. And so it really gives you, tries to tune your palate into picking up those flavors in, in a beer. And I recommend for anybody that, that really wants to get better at it, you know, once a year, a couple times a year or whatever, just go to the store, buy a bunch of, you know, common fruit that you would typically find associated with, you know, uh, a beer and, and go through that exercise because it really helps. You've got to maintain, you know, your, your, uh, your palate. And I know I, me personally, I've got a very poor palate. Um, my wife will tell you all the time she gets chicken or turkey or whatever kind of lunch meat and it goes on a sandwich. So like, it all tastes the same to me. <laughs> How can you taste, you know, and appreciate different beers, but, but you've got a terrible palate and I don't know. I, I still think I got a bad palate, but it's, those are good exercises to go through to, cause you know, sometimes when I drink a beer is like, are you really describing that? Because that's what you taste because I don't taste it. And so you start to question is, do you really taste it or do I just not taste it? Cause my palate's so poor. Mm -hmm. So, or it's just like, you know, it's like, am I just inferior because I'm not picking up all these <laughs> nutmeg and, and nuance kind of spices and, and other things. So it's, it's difficult to position yourself around people when you're describing and talking about a beer because you're just kind of like, well, I'm not really getting that. So I'm going to smile and nod. And <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, can I just say that that last five minutes was way better than any of the episodes of Bruce brothers period. <laughs> yeah. It's far more educational, <laughs> <laughs> far more educational, far more useful in your life, mm -hmm. to, especially if you're a home brewer. So with that said, do, do either of you have any little nuggets of, uh, things you appreciated in the episodes you've seen so far? Kind of like what I was saying. So the one thing is uh, on the beer side and on the brewing side, I think they got a lot of that right. It, I, I think that on the, on the, you know, a small, small microbrew scale, they did a lot of things right on the technical side. There's a lot of stuff they didn't do right, but I haven't, because that was one of the things I, I was watching for was, you know, what are they doing wrong? How are they not doing things as they should? There's one or two things out there, but overall, I haven't found anything that has been egregious except for, you know, having pee in a beer, but that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've covered that already. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we're going to be doing anytime soon. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, for me, I, uh, I mean, I, I would agree with Adam on that, that like the, the beer stuff could have been lazier. You know, they could have just thrown it in there but it wasn't, but uh, I kind of like the little background things. And it seems like the only little background things are the through lines that carry through. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just like slapped together. <clears throat> you have like characters disappearing. You have storylines just ending for no reason. It's yeah. It, everything else seems very lazy, but there is at least one person on this production that is trying to carry things and has an attention to detail is trying to do their job well. And I hope they wind up on a bigger, better production than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. 
And, and I think that could be perfectly highlighted by what we started this segment with, with the, the vice power. Right. Uh, that was teased in the episode beforehand. And there was, honestly, there was no reason to do that. They, you know, nobody would have expected it. There was no, you know, kind of pull to, hey, look at this. This is going to happen in a future episode. They right. just threw it in there very nonchalantly. And you know what? It also, I mean, it also could have been a happenstance thing where they were just filming scenes and that board was already complete. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, because things are filmed out of order and they might have just been filming episodes back to back and they already had that on the board. Uh, that's true, too. That could have happened. But I want to believe. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I want to believe that there is a script supervisor and that there is production designers actually thinking about this. And yes. they, tr- they try to hide little nuggets and they try to be, you know, try to upsell their own value mm-hmm. where the writing and the acting fails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but enough yeah. about that. Yeah, with that, um, uh, we can go to Tom. Tom, if you have anything that you would like to plug, any, you know, we, we had Nikki on last week to plug a little beer tasting, but feel free to plug that again. If you want to, if you have a website or if you have people that you want to just come over to your house to drink your beer, I don't know, <laughs> do, what, do whatever you want for the next 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll plug several things here. So, you know, uh, just reiterate. Probably uh, when Nikki said, you know, we're a little beer tasting group. We meet once a month at Patrick's Pub uh, out here in Moon Township. We got a Facebook uh, website uh, and Instagram as well. And, you know, uh, hopefully at some point we'll be able to get back together and have some beers down at Patrick's. You know, I'm going to be looking forward to that. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Nikki may not have put this in the plug, so I will throw it in there, is... I was, you know, prior to the quarantine, I made an Edmund Fitzgerald clone from, uh, uh, was it uh, Erie Brewing Company or uh, Great Lakes? Great Lakes, yes. And uh, so I made a clone of that beer, but I did a barrel-aged version of it in a Kauai bourbon uh, whiskey uh, uh, barrel. So I've got 10 gallons of that beer, and it's been sitting in, so, so the barrel when I got it, I put in a fifth of uh, uh, devil's cut to help sanitize inside the barrel until the beer was ready to go in after fermenting. Well, the beer's been in there for probably two months at this point on top of the uh, devil's, devil's cut. And I've also thrown in some uh, vanilla bean and I'm thinking, you know, is there something else I want to throw in there? But it's going to sit there until we can all meet at Patrick's for the next official beer tasting once all this kind of blows over, hopefully. So that will be the first bonus beer that I'm going to bring. And it, I think it's probably going to ballpark, you know, we got to fudge in the numbers because of the, the devil's cut that's in there. But it's, I think that was when we brewed on uh, Yin's Bruin, right? Mm-hmm. It was, yes. Yeah, so the initial gravity reading it was somewhere around like what eight and a half, eight point seven, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm guessing it's it's probably going to be somewhere around you know eight nine percent with nice. everything all in. Yeah. And like I said, it's been barrel aging for a couple months. So when we 
when we can come out to um, the next event, that's going to be a bonus beer on top of the regular beers we're going to serve. So, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, a shout out to Fueled by Hops. You know, our boys over there, they just opened uh, Fueled by Fitness, another spinoff, or not spinoff, but part of their group where craft beer like-minded people who also like fitness can, you know, share their trials and tribulations of drinking beer and trying to stay fit. <laughs> so a uh, shout out to them for, for putting that out there and right on. we're running out of time. So I'll, I'll turn it back over. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Tom. Uh, let's check back in with Adam for a quick second. Cause he is enjoying his Noblestein hold the phone, but he wasn't able to give actual tasting notes at the beginning of the segment. So let's get them now. It's good. Which should be no surprise uh, with Noble Sign out of beautiful Indiana, Pennsylvania. Another semi-local beer, 8.3% ABV. Uh, it tastes like a good coffee beer. That's all there is to it. Uh, it's good. It's delicious. I like the Commonwealth coffee that they got going with it. If I could find more, I'd probably buy it. Is it uh, like, is it like uh, creamy or? Yeah, how, more? Poor. how was the foam? Not particularly foamy, so they did hold the foam. Oh, okay, right on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a bit on the on the creamy side. It doesn't have that that harsh bitterness that some coffee beers have. It it the the coffee works well with the beer. I think they kind of blend nicely. Some coffee beers, you know, it could be a bit acrid, a bit you know, harsh. This is not a, a harsh coffee beer. I think it works really well. Right on. Well, if I find it, I'll probably pick it up because I also love coffee beers. Yes. Get it, find it, drink it, enjoy it. Yes. I'll find a way to find that. But if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to find brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And, of course, we're also on YouTube now because we're doing Zoom meetings, as everybody is. So look for those. If you're on any of those platforms, though, leave us a five-star review because... We are a six-track suit show, but they only let us wear five. And that is a worse crime than us not even talking about the B story, which was Sarah in her painting this week. <laughs> was it even really a story? I yeah. submit to you that it was not. It was a it was a B story. It was as poorly written as the A story, but it was the B story. <laughs> it, it meant nothing to the overall arc, of yeah, which I still haven't been able to find. Yeah, it really meant nothing. The only thing they did properly was set up that she judo throwed that. Uh, beefcake in the beginning mm -hmm. and then that came into play in the game at the end but the painting and the anger control it was nothing and, no no it didn't play into the end story at all not at all and she didn't no, learn she's still going to be angry <laughs> yeah she's still going to be angry and she didn't learn anything from it mm -hmm. so it was a pointless cutaway for us to watch <laughs> I hope episode 8 is is just sort of a it wraps everything up and we get everything turned on our head and it turns out that we were complaining about the wrong thing. Yes, I hope they, they've seeded a bunch of through lines. You know, we've talked about how they've been, they do some of that seeding mm -hmm. through the episodes. So I hope everything's been seeded and we just get surprised like, oh my God, it was the best written episode 
and it was the best written show ever. But obviously, that's not going to happen. So I don't. I, if if I get chumped on episode eight, I'm okay with that. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? So so let me let me put a spin on that. So let's say it it meets your expectation, and all of a sudden, you know, everything is is golden in episode eight, and you're like, "This is what I was looking for." Do you do you hope there's another season? And is it if the other season is like the first, where it's crap through everything until the end? Can you slog through it? Or if the next episode is exactly like what you were expecting, given all of the other episodes prior in this season, can you handle another season and will you slog your way through it? If they have an absolute, just fantastic episode eight, that means they're batting 125 and they still shouldn't be in the majors. (laughs) That's pretty good for a DH. That's a good (laughs) analogy. Pretty good for a pitcher. (laughs) My bad. I don't watch sports. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, if they somehow pull off an amazing season finale, I'll be in for season two. But that's because I watch a lot of garbage anyway. So it's not a high bar to shoot for. <laughs> yeah, unless they pull some sort of trick where they, you know, basically pulled the wool over our eyes the entire season. I, I'll I'll be impressed, but I... Also, don't expect that to happen. Yeah, it's pretty impossible. Because why would well, you? I've su- got that bandaid off. I will. Uh, I won't spoil it for you, and I will await your reactions on next week's Hop Nation. Yeah. All right. It, you know why it won't had a, happen, Adam? Is because they would not set up an entire season like that. That is a waste of time, because you would lose so many fucking viewers by episode three. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of jagoffs out there. Be willing to do that. <laughs> Just to, don't piss money away. They don't care. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it <laughs> does never, not make sense to do. I'm not, I never said it would make sense. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week to find out the the conclusion to all of this. This hullabaloo of Bruce Brothers. Hullabaroo. I'm hoping for Patrick Duffy to be in the shower and this whole thing was a dream. <laughs> Thanks, 1984 reference. <laughs> you are welcome. How old is Dallas? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> We're out of time. We, we don't are. Have time. We don't have enough time to cover that. All right. So I we'll heard game crack ball in. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>